Hey, listener, if you're new to our little podcast, this is actually a really great episode to start with. I also recommend checking out episode two, It's Your Party for Everyone Else, episode 12, which was our season one Q&A episode, and then episode 20, which was Things We Can't Always Tell You. Those are some of our most popular and most favorite episodes, and we think you'll love them. Hey guys, thanks for tuning in to the second season of Put A Ring On It podcast, a collaboration between me, Daniel Moyer of Daniel Moyer Photography, and me, Danielle Pasternak, wedding coordinator of DPNAC Weddings. Put A Ring On It is a podcast for anyone who is knee deep in the wedding planning process. We're here to share practical tips, amusing behind the scenes stories, and insider knowledge to shed light on the world of weddings and give you every ounce of confidence that you deserve. Let's do it. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Put a Ring on It podcast, episode 24, questions to ask your photographer, videographer, and the entertainment, which is band and DJs. So welcome. How are you doing, Danielle? I'm good, Dan. How are you? I am good. Uh, we're in the thick of engagement season. We already talked about that, I think, a million times. But uh, things are getting crazy. I'm getting lots of inquiries and uh, lots of new couples just getting into the thick of it. So hopefully um, they will hear about us and we're going to have lots of new people listening. (laughs) Hopefully. Actually, speaking of, I feel like we have to give a shout out to everyone who has emailed us with their questions and Mm -hmm. people have been really opening up their souls to us. And we just want to say, well, I just want to say, and I know you, you agree with this. We love all of you so much. We very much appreciate your support and we can't be doing any of this without you. So the fact that you're listening and sending in your questions, just it makes me feel really special. I don't know about you, but yeah. It does. It does. And if if this podcast has helped you at all, um, we really hope that you can just maybe help us in return. So just leave us a review on iTunes and give us a, an honest to goodness rating. And actually, we have a new review, right, yeah, Danielle? I, yeah, I, I was happy. I was hoping you saw it. I actually wanted to read it because it's it's super sweet. Um, it's from, I think it's Kelbell 2 which is oh. really sweet. And she says after, or I'm assuming it's a she actually, I guess maybe I shouldn't make that assumption, but they say after our recent engagement, my fiance and I dove headfirst into wedding planning and research. We have both found the put a ring on it podcast to be the full, um, to be <laughs> full of excellent tips, thought provoking questions and useful mantras and plenty of humor. Uh, so although we are still in the early stages of planning, I can already tell that listening to Danielle and Daniel will not only help us in the execution of our wedding, but also ensure that our wedding is planned with thoughtfulness, care, and intention, which is like, yes. Yeah. In my opinion. Beautiful. We, I, I couldn't have written a better review for us myself. <laughs> oh, that just, so shout out to you, Kelbell. Um, congratulations on your engagement. I am so happy to hear that this is how you're, um, deciding to approach it. It's, you know, hats off to you. And yeah, if you have questions, send them our way. Hopefully we can help you through it. Yeah. So this is actually our final episode of season two. Yeah. Womp, womp, womp. But we're coming back. It's not like we are. final forever. Totally. forever. We just need a break. 
<laughs> yeah, we do. We need to figure out what uh, season three is going to entail, what kind of questions we want to tackle. Um, so if you have any thoughts on what you'd like to hear uh, or or um, if you'd like us to do something crazy, like do a Facebook live recording of a podcast, that could probably be pretty cool, too. Um, so give us some some thoughts on what you'd like to hear and what questions you have and problems that you're facing. Um, but we'd love to get your feedback. So just let us know. Yeah, and we don't have um, an exact start date yet for season three. We want to make sure we plan it out very thoughtfully and with um, intent, (laughs) Uh, just to steal her words. But um, definitely connect with us on Facebook. That's probably the best place to get um, up-to-date information. And um, actually, another great way is to sign up for our newsletter. For the record, Dan, I hate the word newsletter, but I don't know what else we can call it. So it's that thing where we email you stuff because you gave us your your email address but for this episode in particular actually it's it's never been a better time to sign up for that newsletter this episode we are doing um we are letting you know the best questions to ask specifically your photographer videographer and entertainment which like dan said is like your like dj band so we're going to put together a pdf of these questions because we realize that it might not be ideal for you to listen to this episode and take notes as we talk so if you head to the website and sign up for our vip newsletter you will automatically get that pdf um download so that you can either follow along with that episode if you want to like stop what you're doing right now and head over to the computer or to your phone and do that or afterwards you'll have these questions for you in a nice little pdf Yeah. So like Danielle said, for this episode, we're going to talk through the questions that we think you should be asking your pros as you build your your dream team. Um, Obviously, it's important when talking with any of your pros to, you know, let the conversation flow and just like enjoy talking to them and like get to know them as a person. Uh, But it never hurts to come prepared with a few questions. And Danielle, I know you love to come prepared to everything. So um, props (laughs) to Danielle for like really throwing out a lot of these awesome questions because she's amazing. Um, uh, if you come prepared with a few questions, you'll look like you've, you know, really done your homework um, and hopefully uh, gain one of Danielle's gold star A plus bride and groom stickers. <laughs> Do you actually, actually have stickers? No, Do you have real stickers? I, well, I have stickers like with my logo on them, but now I I really need A plus bride and groom stickers or like A plus A plus couple. Couple. Yeah. 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 yeah oh, yeah. I'm so making them. Oh, can can I have some too? No. Yes. Okay, thank you. So, really, when when um, when I work with with my clients, they get these questions, and I, I send them all this stuff. And to give you all of the questions that you should ask every single one of your pros would be a really long episode. So Dan and I talked, and we decided that we would specifically talk this episode about your photographers and videographers sort of because they go hand in hand with a few of the Mm. questions are really similar and then entertainers because those are the people that you um really want to get to know and from a personal standpoint you're going to be working with them you know pretty hands-on throughout the process but really on the wedding day so we thought that that paired up nicely together um i think even if you don't have these people booked well let me say i think if you don't have these people booked at this point um this is a great episode to listen to, but even if yeah. you do already have them booked, it doesn't hurt to give it a listen. And you may hear a question that you're like, oh, you know what? Actually, we don't know that about um, our insert uh, wedding professional here. So you can always mm-hmm. go back and ask them, even if you already have them booked, you can't really do much about it, but at least you have the knowledge and the information as to as to what they say. So, yeah, there are, I mean, 
one of the things that uh, as you're talking with people, especially even if you just Google, um, you know, questions to ask your wedding pros, um, some of them can be pretty generic. And I think one of the things that we really want to focus on today as we go through even some of the general questions that we're going to say to ask wedding pros is why you're going to ask them. Like I remember, you know, getting asked what what kind of cameras I used. Um, and this wasn't like a photo enthusiast. I think it was just a question that the not or any of these big companies that have like a, a huge list to ask photographers or whatever just said, Hey, ask this question. Mm -hmm. And, um, I, I don't, not to say that this person didn't know, or these couples didn't know why to ask that question, but, uh, it's just as important to know why you're asking a question, not just that it was on a list and somebody told you, you should ask it. Um, so that's a big part of what we're going to do today is talk about why you should ask these specific questions, um, and go from there. Yeah. So So should we jump right in? Yeah, and we broke down this episode by um, just sort of general questions that you can ask these specific vendors, as long as probably some of your other vendors as well. Um, and then we sort of broke it down by um, by specifically the photographers and videographers that you're talking with, and then specifically the DJs or bands that you're talking with. So we're going to start with the just general overall questions. Go for it. All right. So first question, I, I you're going to knock it out of the park with this question. It's a biggie. Are you available <laughs> on our wedding day? <laughs> <laughs> this should be question. So, this is literally question number one. This is like question zero is what it comes down to because yeah. this determines whether you are or aren't working together. But the reason that uh, I included it in this list, A, it's the perfect question to ask when you're when you don't know what else to ask. But <laughs> at the same time, too, if they say that they're not available on your wedding day, I say don't be shy and ask, is there somebody that you recommend um, who might have a yeah. similar style or who you think I might be a good fit for based on what you briefly know about me at this point? Some yeah. uh, pros may say, sorry, um, I, I can't help you there. Others may give you a list of like uh, one to even three, four, five great people that you may not have otherwise heard about or, yep. or whatever that are really good fits for you. So mm-hmm. good starting point. Yeah, heck yeah. Okay, so question two is, have you worked at our venue before? And I'm going to let you take this one, the start of this one. Okay, so um, the reason I usually recommend asking this is there's a certain amount of experience um, that you might be looking for if you have a you know a traditional venue or something that you think might be a little bit tricky. There's a certain amount of comfort that comes with knowing that the person that you're working with has been there before, but... There's also a flip side of things. So um, on on the positive side, if they have worked there before, maybe they know where to get the like the key shots um, or you know some good good little nooks and crannies that that turn out some cool stuff. Um, this is obviously from a photographer and videographer standpoint. Um, from a DJ standpoint, it's often helpful just to know you know if if they have any concerns about loading in their equipment anything with setup or power maybe where they typically set up is really far from a power source they need to bring in um, an extension cord maybe acoustically there's something funky going on whatever it is um, they're able to have a better lay of the land but as Dan's about to tell you because I know he has an opinion on this um, (laughs) it's not it, it definitely should not be a deal breaker if the person you're talking with has not worked there before Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think fresh eyes can be a really good thing sometimes. Um, like I know, you know, when I was first starting out and I had a very small travel zone, uh, I was working at the same venue a lot. And sometimes that for me that like that hinders my creativity because I don't want to just be copy and pasting past photos from 
couples before and just giving all my couples the same thing. That's not what you're hiring me for. You're not hiring me to just um, create cut and paste template photos. Um, so for me, now I have a very large travel zone and I don't get to work at a, a venues at a lot. A lot of the wedding venues that I work at um, during the year, maybe three quarters of them are new to me, completely new to me. Um, and I think one of the, the most exciting things about being a photographer is my ability to walk into a situation and interpret it creatively. And I, I used to go through and try to plan everything out that I was going to do. And then on the wedding day, uh, the light was completely different where I was thinking this really amazing picture was going to be. There's tables for cocktail hour or like there's really not good light, sun dappled light coming through trees and it's not even or pretty um, or there's, you know, uh, rain or whatever. And it's just a lot of the stuff that I was trying to plan out never ended up coming to fruition because the day was completely different. The light was completely different. The scenarios were completely different. So again, going back to just being a creative, being a photographer, like that's part of the excitement of what I get to do is walking to into a new situation, interpreting it creatively and, and giving something that will surprise and delight my couples based on like my initial interpretation of the space. Mm-hmm. I think by nature, too, um, wedding creatives, like I said, by nature, we are thinkers on our feeders. <laughs> and we. Thinkers on our feeders. We, <laughs> <laughs> oh, hashtag one. thinkers on our feeders. Um, we, are, we are not ones to go into a situation and say, oh, this isn't going to work. Just turn around and go home. We're going to figure right. it out and we're going to make it work. So I think having, um, from my perspective, um, from my perspective, it's I feel like I like to have a knowledge of it. But for me, if we work together and you have a wedding that is at a venue I've never worked at before, which like Dan said, we have a I work in a large area. So the chances are high that that's possible. Um, and I've been doing this for seven, eight years, as I think Dan's in the same boat. So yep. um, on my end of things, I'll actually go and visit with the venue beforehand and get a really solid knowledge of, of the space so that I have that knowledge base going into it. But, um, yeah. but this episode is not about planners. No, <laughs> so. it's, a, it's a necessity for, for you to go. Um, yeah. one, one of my favorite sayings about, uh, at least the way that I try to approach things is that pressure creates diamonds. So sometimes like leaving Ooh, room, that's you're like, good. Hey, <laughs> thank you. I think it's good. Um, it does because I think sometimes uh, some of my favorite pictures that I've created were ones that I built with very little time, with little resources, with not knowing the lay of the land. And I was able like, – just leaving room for the unexpected. Um, and sometimes that unexpected comes together really nicely and it's awesome. Also known as why Danielle is not a photographer. <laughs> <laughs> Spontaneity uh, is not <laughs> not something that I uh, I enjoy. <laughs> <laughs> or thrive on that's for sure. So moving on to question three. Uh, I like this one a lot. And this is one that it depends on who you're, what type of company you're talking with, whether or not you need to ask this question. So this question is, will you, the person I'm specifically talking to, be the person who's there on our wedding day or will it be someone else? Mm. So this is, this is relevant um, when you're talking with larger companies who source out, uh, whether it's DJs, bands, photography, videography, whatever it is, you want to have a fairly good relationship with whoever it is you're going to be working, off, working with both throughout the process and on the wedding day. Um, and sometimes it will change or you'll think you're working with one person, that person leaves the company. Um, well, we're actually going to talk about that in a little bit, what, what mm -hmm. to ask when that happens. But 
Yeah. So, yeah, this is a really good question. Um, for me, I'm always going to be the pro on on one of my couple's wedding days. They're hiring me. It's Daniel Moyer Photography. I'm the guy. That's it. But for my associate studio, I do some of the studio management stuff. And I we think that this is actually a strength because I've been doing this for a while. Um, and I know some of the questions to ask couples to to get right at like the heart of, of what they want on their wedding day. And this frees up um, my associates to be able to do what they exactly what they do. And what they do best, and that's photograph. So we think that that's actually one of the strengths of a, you know, at least our our studio. Um, but with some other studios, it it's it you might not know who your person is going to be until the day before the wedding or the day of the wedding. There are some large, you know, Walmart kind of studios out there where you're just like hiring this big national company, whether it's photo, video, DJ. Um, and they're just going to give you somebody on the day of. I think not to say that there's nothing wrong with that because there's uh, priorities for everyone. Um, but as as Danielle had mentioned, it's it's good to get a good vibe off of who you're going to work with on your wedding day. So if you are going to go with you know a larger company, say hey, is there is it possible that you know you would know you're the studio manager? Um, it's fine. We can talk with you. Is it possible to talk with the person who's going to be our photographer on our wedding day. And I think that's a completely reasonable question. Um, you know, this person's going to be spending how many hours with you? I think it's good to like their pictures, but you also have to like them as a person. If you're going to spend these, you know, intimate moments with somebody, you want to be comfortable with them, right? Mm -hmm. And we're actually, I'm going to talk about this a little bit more. I was going to, I was going to say, let's jump into it now, but then I'm going to ruin my whole numbering system. here. <laughs> so we're going to talk more about this when we talk about DJs in a second with what happens, well, not in a second, in a little bit, what happens when, um, you know, say you hire uh, that company and you're assigned a DJ, um, what happens if that DJ leaves the company? Um, we're going yeah. to talk about that more in a little bit, just as a little teaser. Next question. Next question. So let's move on to question number four. Uh, how many weddings events do you typically do in a weekend? Yes. So disclaimer, there is no right or wrong answer to this question. Um, a wedding pro's job by nature is very laborious. Good word. Is, is that how you say that word? Because now that I say I that so. loud, it doesn't feel right. Laborious. Laborious. Labo it's hard. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's challenging yeah it's it is it's physically demanding and it's honestly not for the faint of heart um that being said some of the best best photographers i know can easily tackle three weddings in one weekend meaning like one on friday one on saturday and then one on sunday without falling short um personally on the other hand i am dead after one wedding and i because of that i only limit myself to one wedding per weekend um Sometimes I'll take two weddings in a weekend because, yeah. you know, there's as a wedding photographer, there's only so many weekends per year that I can accept dates. Um, and I know that, uh, you know, I want to also have some some family time. I want to have some um, uh, some weekends off to enjoy with friends and family. So if I can do two weddings in one weekend, uh, I, I, I like to make sure that I know that they're not far away from each other, that I, I can do both of them without sacrificing Right. Uh, any kind of quality for both those people because I I mean I you, you and I are the same way that we both want to crush it and, and we really push it to the very edge on each of the days um, and yeah it is demanding but you know I know that 
the other days of the week I'm at home working. So it's not like, you know, every, people go to work every day, five days a week. You know, sometimes doctors are there for seven days a week. Um, so I know that I can handle, you know, two weddings in a row on a weekend. Some photographers I know do four weddings in a weekend, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Um, mm-hmm. And they just, you know, that's not hard for them. So uh, just see where they're coming from, uh, when it, how they answer that question. Right. Um, and then you can make a decision based on what, what they say and how right. you feel what about it. it. Right. What it comes down to, too, is if you know that your photographer is working a wedding um, the day before yours, you're not going to be texting them all day, which you really shouldn't be texting them anyway, I guess, the day before your wedding. But if something comes up and there's an emergency or or whatever it is, you're not going to have that um, easy access to that person. Again, that doesn't make it a bad thing. If anything, it just tells me more that you should always have a day of coordinator because then you can let um, him or her take care of all that for you. But um, that's just something to keep in mind. On um, the other side of things, in other roles in the wedding industry, people like officiants, florists, bakers, they all have multiple weddings that yep. day often. So it's it just depends on who you're talking to. And again, there's no right or wrong answer. You just need to take everything into consideration. On my end of things, I can physically only take one wedding a weekend, but I'm also there for the rehearsal. So it's two days involved, sometimes more. So anyway... Yeah, that was good. We nailed that question. Question five, just a super simple, very general question. And if you want to find out maybe a little more about this on who you should actually feed at your wedding, check out our mini episode on uh, how to who you should feed at your wedding. This question, very simply, how many pros will need to be fed a meal? Yes. So if you're a photographer, videographer, DJ, whoever it is that you're talking to, um, chances are it might not just be that one person showing up on your wedding day. They might have an assistant that you might not know about or, um, you know, an additional photographer in that case, an MC, whatever it is. So while you're talking with them, mostly for budget purposes, you want to say, hey, uh, roughly how many pros are, are actually there on the wedding day, just so we can figure out how many um, meals we need to accommodate for you. And if your question is, but why do I need to feed this person? Like Dan said, go back and listen to the episode on feeding your vendors. Totally. Plus... It might be in your contract that you legally have to feed them. So totes, totes, totes. Um, another super simple question, and I think you should definitely take this one: um, is what will you wear on our wedding day? Why should we ask that question, Danielle? Because fashion is important, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> totally. I've been watching a lot of Devil Wears Prada lately, so anyway, my 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 new life Good goal day. is to be. A shade of Miranda Priestly from that movie. Oh. Yeah. I'm excited for it. Anyway, what will you wear on our wedding day? I have seen um, from DJs to photographers show up to very formal events wearing very informal attire. Anything from just a screen printed t-shirt and jeans to cargo shorts and sneakers. So while those are not bad things. If you're planning an event and expect the person that you're talking with in this interview that you're having with your pro to show up and look a certain way, I would say make sure to ask this question early on because if it's not in their wheelhouse or not part of their artistic style to wear whatever it is that you're hoping they will wear within reason, um, then maybe you're not a good fit for one another. Totally. Oh man, here's... This question I get a lot, and I think this is one that a lot of couples forget to ask, um, is what happens if you get sick on our wedding day? Um, and while What's this is, yes, yeah, so, uh, it's a good one. Um, it's a good uh, one. It's a good answer. It's a good one. It's, it's a good the answer. best answer. 
So number one, like, you know, for me not to be at one of my couple's weddings, hell would have to freeze over. Like I uh, literally I've showed up to wedding days like, you know, uh, with a stomach bug. And part of me just like gets through it with modium and adrenaline. And like mm-hmm. once I'm there and in the role, like in it starting to crush it, um, I, you know, you can get through it. But I just I would have a very tough time not being at one of my couple's weddings and they would never know like none of those none of the couples that have ever like not been at my 100 percent for um have ever known like i remember i i fell uh the day before uh a sunday jewish wedding i fell on my bike and i tore up my whole entire shoulder i tore up like the whole entire side of my my the right side of my body i had bruises all over my face and you could sort of tell Um, that I had like my face was a little bit puffy on the side and they, they never knew. And it was like a marathon wedding. It was like 14 hours and I just pushed through. And by the end of the day, my undershirt actually dried to the huge wound on my shoulder. So I had to like peel it off and it was not very fun, but it was one of my favorite weddings that I photographed that year. And I think it was just like adrenaline, you know, taken over and, Mm -hmm. and, um, you know, helping me through it. But, um, if something were to really happen, where that person could not be at your day because it it does happen. Um, for me, it's in my contract that I have to find a replacement. Um, I you know all my friends are wedding photographers, so I have to find a replacement. Um, and then th- that responsibility just gets transferred to them. Um, you know that's definitely something you want to ask your pros and just see uh, you know what what contingency plans they have available and that's maybe one of the benefits of working with a larger studio that Mm -hmm. they know everything about you they've got a file on you um and if somebody really gets pulled out at the last minute they've got a whole list of other people in their company that can step up at a moment's notice yeah what do you think i'm with you dan it takes a lot for me not to well i've never not showed up to a wedding and i've had either i had kidney stones for three months and that was brutal (laughs) to say the least and i was there it it was what it was and like you said adrenaline kicks in and and it is it is what it is and um it's our job not to bring our problems or issues to that day um but like you said there are certain things where you you your person that you're talking to just physically will not um be able to be there and again that's worst case scenario but you want to know they have a plan and speaking of worst case scenarios, um, the next question I want you to ask them is, do you carry backup equipment? Yeah. Like Dan said at the top of this episode, a lot of lists tell you to ask your photographer what kind of equipment do they use. And unless you're a photographer, um, you're a fan of photography and you have that knowledge, and maybe that's more of just a question that you want to nerd out about, that's fine. But if you don't <laughs> know anything about it, don't ask that question. So you just want to know that they have some type of backup plan in place. Technology is technology and it's wonderful, but it breaks and nothing is foolproof. I don't care how long they tell you I've been doing this for this long and I've never had the problem. I guarantee you it's going to happen. I've seen it happen to people who say it all the time. Oh, it's fine. I've, it, it doesn't happen to me. Yada, yada. Nope, it does. (laughs) And you need to have a backup plan. hundred percent. hundred percent. 100%. So on the first wedding that I ever photographed ever on my own by myself, uh, my car broke down. (laughs) But it was a friend of the family and my mom was there. (laughs) So I took my mom's car. (laughs) Uh, Wow. So good. Yeah, it broke down. And then like, I don't know, my mom just like unhooked the battery terminals and hooked it back in. And then she met us at the reception. But it was like right after the the couple portraits at Lehigh University and my my car broke down. And needless to say, a couple months after that, I bought a new car. 
<laughs> That's fantastic. Um, I guess I want to make an exception to the rule because I just said, and you you have said too, don't ask, don't ask the pro what kind of equipment that they're using. But when it comes to DJs, um, if you're looking at having maybe a friend DJ or somebody who's a little bit newer or maybe uh, doesn't have that experience level, I would say to ask them how they're going to play the music. Um, we rely a lot lately as human beings on Wi-Fi. And there are some DJs that will play a playlist um, from the internet using Wi-Fi. And depending on the venue you're at, the Wi-Fi is just not always reliable, especially when you've got that many people in one room who are also potentially connecting to that same Wi-Fi um, signal. And it, it, it can just really be disastrous, in my opinion. Um, and um, if someone wants to prove me otherwise, I will very welcome any information on why <laughs> using a Wi-Fi DJ is a is a good thing. But to me, this is a huge red flag and um, something that I would avoid in my professional opinion. Cool. Sounds good. Okay. We've got one more question in our like general questions, and then we're going to switch to specifically talking about photography. So this one is, if our event lasts longer than we've anticipated or <laughs> we need you to stay later, is that possible and what are the fees for that? Yeah, sometimes you think you're going to have a wedding pro leave a few hours early, um, and that's a great way to save some money. But on the wedding day, things change, or you might change your mind, or you're running late or whatever, um, and they they end up leaving, you know, right in the middle of when the cake is going to get cut or whatever. And it just creates this mess. So it's good to know that if things run over on the wedding day, can you add more hours right then? Um, you know, can you talk with these people, find out what their policy is and how that all works. Um, it's tough in the beginning of the planning process when a lot of couples say like, how many hours do you think we're, we'll need? Um, and that's, that's a really tough question because mm -hmm. some couples like s start getting ready at like two o'clock in the afternoon and the wedding's over at 10. Um, everything's all at the same location. There's zero travel. And so eight hours is totally fine for them. Other couples, uh, start getting ready at eight o'clock in the morning. The, the ceremony starts at one, the reception ends at midnight. You know, that's a lot longer of a day. So what I always do is I chat with my couples a couple months before the wedding and say, how's your timeline firming up? Does this time that you have me for work for what you want your wedding day to be for how much coverage you need? So I very rarely will talk to couples about how many hours they need on the in, in the first initial inquiry or when they're even creating their package. That's something I usually wait for and try to deal with before the wedding day actually arrives. So we're not talking about, okay, we need to spend an extra hour here or an extra hour and a half. It's going to be this much. Last thing you want to be doing is talking about how many hours you need when you're trying to be crushing up the dance floor with your friends. And I think it's also safe to say that um, while many of the pros you're working with hopefully are very accommodating and flexible, please don't just assume, oh, it's no big deal if they just stay an hour later. Um, it, it, you know, depending on who the person is, I actually, we did a wedding in October where the photographer, um, the couple was just having a ball of a time that it was time for the photographer to leave. It's it's what we talked about throughout the whole process. And the bride said, can, is there any chance they can stay just one more hour, like, please like we just we're, we're having a blast we really want them to capture this and we went to the photographers and they're like I only have my babysitter yep. up until this time I need to get home they did make accommodations and they were able to stay because this photographer in particular cool. was bomb.com but you never know the person's you know yep. personal 
story and you know they may have you know other plans in place and in this case she was a mama and she yeah. needed to get home to her babies <laughs> but um never assume in one way or another just make sure you know that ahead of time that like hey if we change our mind that day is it isn't cool. even possibility cool. so photo video okay yeah slightly yeah let's let's get into your boom, realm boom. welcome to my world, house <laughs> yeah so i'll ask you the All questions right, and you can good. answer <laughs> Okay, so Dan, I'm gonna pretend I'm um I'm uh getting married, and uh oh okay I'll, that's fun. Let's do it. Interviewing you. Okay, so Dan, when you're there at my wedding day, are you gonna have like an assistant, and is that assistant just your like? <laughs> I can't say the word I want to say. <laughs> are they just your like you know bag holder and doing all the stuff, or are they an actual uh, additional shooter or what? What do you what do you call it? Uh, yeah, so there's additional photographer because I just learned that yeah, second there's somewhat a have... little bit of a push to change uh, the the reference to another photographer as a second shooter and change it to second photographer or additional photographer just so it has like a nice uh, lighter connotation than shooter. Um, typically, some photographers will have an assistant and that assistant is just there to assist the photographer. They're not taking pictures they're just carrying equipment just taking some of the load off of the main photographer um there's another person who some couples work or some some couples may hire a photographer that works like as a husband and wife couple or their package always has two photographers in it some of them like myself uh an additional photographer is something that is added on only if you want it um that additional photographer is literally somebody hired through me it's one of my friends who are amazing wedding photographers or somebody from the other studio that i manage and they are there to capture um, your wedding day, the same amount of time as I am. And most of the time that second photographer is working with the groom in the morning and then getting alternate angles throughout the day. Now here is really quick insider knowledge on additional photographers and why I think they're really great. Um, if you're going to add them on the obvious benefit of an additional photographer is that the groom's morning is covered. You get additional angles throughout the day. The not so obvious benefit is that if something goes wrong, like maybe you're getting married in New York City or Philadelphia or something where things are a little bit crazy and there's traffic, most of the time they travel together in one car. Uh, I travel together in one car with my additional photographer if they're if I'm not able to be on the trolley and if something really bad happens and I need to like hop out of the car, run into the church or whatever, my additional photographer can find a place to park, whatever. That's like one of the not so obvious benefits. The mm -hmm. major one is that Having two people allows the main photographer to be more creative because they kind of there's somebody who like has their back to get some of the safe pictures. Um, like if you go to my website, there's some of these like large grandiose pictures where, you know, I, I've put some thought into it and tried to create something that was different. I had to scout that out, especially like nighttime photographs where there's sunsets and all that kind of stuff. I have that means I literally have to leave your reception and go outside and look for that. So it's nice to have somebody whose eyes are always on the reception always on, you know, extra people. And the last thing is if you have a wedding that's over 150 people approaching 200 people, that's a lot of people to cover by just one person. Um, so having a, a second set of eyes on your wedding day. Awesome. Mm -hmm. Okay. Next question, Dan, approximately how long after the wedding will we have to wait to receive our photos. Mm, good question. This video. ranges across photographers hugely. It can be anywhere from two weeks, just a, you know, a couple weeks to months. I know some photographers who get their pictures back in six months, some who are at two weeks. Um, it's just 
you know, find that out early uh, and as upfront as possible. Um, um, second is also make sure you ask like how you'll receive your photos. Are you just going to be downloading them? Is it an extra cost mm-hmm. to get the the USB? Is it just like a USB? Is it a CD that they're sending you? Um, same thing goes with with video. How are you going to receive this footage? Is it just posted online and and publicly to the internet, or do you get a hard copy on on a DVD or a USB? Okay, so how about um, as a photographer, do you allow guests to take photos mm. while you're taking photos? This is a good one, uh, and I think may- maybe somewhat controversial, right? Like, there's a term that people refer to yeah. uh, guests at weddings who are more than just people just like sitting in their seat or like gra- getting a few grab pictures. Um, there are plenty of people who who will get out and stand in the middle of the aisle in front of the photographer or shoot right over the photographer's shoulder. And what I always say is as long as like, I'm totally cool with guests taking pictures, especially at the reception. Like there's sometimes those are like, those are just silly fun pictures. Like we've got plenty of pictures from our guests um, at our wedding and I, that I think are great. But the problem happens is when guests start to encroach on the photographer's responsibility to actually cover the wedding and something that like like the last thing you would want is to get your photos back and ha- see somebody standing in the middle of the aisle uh at your first kiss when you were supposed to have this really beautiful picture and this person got in the way um so there's this i always like to talk with couples if that becomes an issue i'll just say i, I think there's just a little bit of give and take we've got phones all the time we've got cameras all the time um and uh it's I don't believe that it's my job to say no, nobody can take pictures at the wedding. Uh, if you really want to hear more about this and what we think, uh, check out the episode we have on unplugged wedding or unplugged unplugged ceremonies. Mm-hmm. Um, I think if there's any place where f- pictures should not be allowed and phones should not be allowed and tablets should not be allowed, it's during the ceremony. A- outside of that, you know, have some fun. I'm not going to be the one who says no, don't take pictures. But. But though, yeah. that's you, Dan. <laughs> there are some 100%. there are some photographers that uh, explicitly have it in their contract that no one else there can be taking photos. So it depends on who you're working with. And um, I, just I mean, think if I had it 100 percent my way, of course, I would love for no cameras, no, uh, no cell phones out because that allows people to actually get in the moment and allows like, you know, how many pictures I have of people like laughing while they're looking at a phone or or the first kiss with like a looking down the aisle of a church and hundreds of little like LCD screens lit up. Um, if I had my way, of course I would love there to be no phones because it allows people to get into the moment and actually stay there versus being just an observer. So, you know, but again, um, there's this fine line and I'm not comfortable with saying, Hey, don't take any pictures. Um, because I know that there are some pictures that I like from our wedding that people took on their phones. Right. Okay. Next question, I want you to ask your both photographers and videographers, how would you describe mm. your approach this on a wedding day? This is huge. Um, and this is going to range greatly. And I think you know it really comes down to what you respond to when you're talking to this person. So um, the range could be anywhere from uh, – 
capturing things photojournalistically, which means, you know, a very hands off during the wedding day, not not uh, interacting a whole ton or not not adjusting the situation a lot to the complete opposite, which would be things like like an editorial approach where they're setting up and posing and adjusting every little part of the day. Um, and it, it really depends on what you want. Uh, there are you know, big, huge name photographers in both sets where, you know, one set says like it's a wedding day. It's like a it's a styled shoot. It's, you know, contrived to begin with. So I'm going to make it as pretty as possible. And then there's people on the opposite side who say this is a real moments are happening and they're they're looking for these these bits of reality and, and real moments happening in like a very set up day. I am the latter. I I tend to focus very much on real moments uh, where people are just like lost in their own little world, loving on each other or laughing, crying, cheering, toasting. And when I was not adjusting that in any way, of course, you know, everybody takes photos during this like setup time where you, you know, you're doing a first look or you're doing a couple portraits and family pictures and wedding party pictures. But my view is that outside of that, it's a wedding day and you should just enjoy the time uh, with your friends and family and I will capture that as it happens. But the other thing is how how do you want the photographer to be to you on your wedding day? Um, you know, do you want your photography to be negative or sour, complaining? Uh, no. Um, or do you want them to be excited, energetic, courteous uh, to you and your family? Do you want them to be like active and energetic and energized and help like pump you up and and you know, adjust the energy level of the day? Or do you want them to just be more quiet and and like a fly on the wall and just watch? Um, so this is like things that you're going to have to feel out with somebody as you're talking to them. Final thought is that like I'm a pretty pumped up person to begin with. So our photographer on a wedding day, he he was he's like very quiet and introspective and just captures these very small real moments. And that's what I needed. I didn't need somebody else to like really pump me up. Some people might be the opposite. They might just be like, you know, maybe a little shy and they maybe need somebody who like really gives a lot of direction and pumps people up. So um, just find out what matches with your personality and go from there. Okay. Okay. So how about um, I'll let you elaborate on to why we're asking this question, but can we see an entire gallery of a wedding is, that you recently uh, did? one of the least asked questions that I think more couples should ask because like a portfolio website is just mm -hmm. a few select pictures from a wedding day and they could have shot 400 right. weddings and got best. 20 pictures out of those 400 weddings. If you shoot enough, you can definitely get, you know, some great pictures out of a whole bunch of weddings, but doing great on every wedding, taking great pictures at every wedding is completely different than one in every, you know, hundred weddings that you shoot. Yeah, I've definitely worked with a few photographers um, that have had some amazing, like, one-off shots um, that they've either posted or put on their website. Um, and then after working with them, you know, somebody that the couple ended up choosing after working with them and seeing the entire gallery, um, it was mm -hmm. slightly disappointing. In all reality, you can't expect every single photo to be this knock-you-off-your-socks-off-your-feet <laughs> chair whatever, <laughs> um, photo, but it's, you do want to make sure that the gallery, the entire gallery of what you're seeing 
is in the same style and along the same lines and, and sort of holds up to that. Yeah, I mean, uh, really great shot. there's a huge difference between like these one off pictures that can be um, toned differently, edited differently. Like, is is their style consistent from the very first picture that you see? all the way to the very end are they edited nicely or they're like just spending all this time editing one picture and then they don't care about the rest Mm -hmm. i think it's also important to note if you're looking at this stranger's gallery (laughs) are you getting Mm -hmm. the feel of the day are you getting the story of the day is that coming across in my opinion that's what you want your your photographer but also your videographer um to, to give to you. I always say a great photographer or a great videographer rather is when I can watch a complete strangers highlight video of their day, feel something and suddenly have a good knowledge of, of who they are and what their wedding day was about. To me, that's, that's a good storyteller and that's what yeah. you want um, in yeah. the, the crew that you're hiring. Okay. Next question. Moving along. If we decide to take photos at a location that requires a permit or has some sort of limitations, whose responsibility is it to As far know as obtaining it, obtain I believe it's the couple uh, that always has to obtain it because I believe since it's their wedding day, that responsibility falls onto them for their name to be on that specific location and time. Like Philadelphia has lots of permits, and I, I'm pretty sure that it's specifically mm-hmm. the couple who has to do that, who has to obtain it. Now, knowledge – um, you know, I, I think maybe that falls to both parties. Uh, you know, I know that a, a lot of couples talk to me about where they want to have their their photos taken. Um, and since I've worked in Philadelphia a lot, uh, I know where permits need. So I always make sure that I, I throw that in there because a lot of couples don't know that they need a permit. So I think, you know, that maybe that responsibility mm-hmm. for knowledge of it should fall to both parties. Yeah. And don't assume that your photographer yeah. is just going to automatically know um, like they don't get a monthly <laughs> newsletter that it says, okay, if you're shooting at any of these yeah. locations, you have to have a permit. <laughs> so, okay. For um, your videographers, this one's very specific to them. I really want you to ask them or consider asking them maybe how well do you mm. work with photographers? Um, yeah, th- there can be some friction between videographers and photographers and they can they can battle sometimes to get the perfect shot or the perfect place um i i know that uh i've worked sometimes with videographers who have set up four or five cameras in a church ceremony um you know with like uh one one little camera like at the front of the aisle and for me that's that can be very distracting um, because people are now, as they like walk up for communion, specifically in a church, or as people are processing down, they have to walk around this little thing that's that's in their way. So it it like it changes how people interact and how people move. Second thing is that if there's a camera right smack dab in the middle of the aisle, whether it's a church, whether it's a outside ceremony, that means that that beautiful wide picture that you see of so many ceremonies is is out the window. You I can't get that. But, you know, I think most of us want to show up and do a great job uh, occasionally on both sides. I think, you know, videographers and photographers can both coexist, but that both can get an ego about it sometimes. Um, I, I think it's just safe to oh, say sure. that the best ones will work together um, to make sure that everybody's happy, happy that right. everybody's successful and that they're just going to show up and take as many awesome pictures as they possibly can. And that they're essentially going to work together and do the best job they can. Okay, 
Let's switch gears a little bit um, as we wrap up this last episode of wah. season two. Wah, wah, wah. And talk about the DJs okay. and the bands um, that you're potentially hiring. Obviously, well, chances are you're probably not hiring both for your wedding. You're going to be hiring one or the other. But either way, we're going to uh, stuff. Oh, can I ask you these questions and you can respond? I could totally pretend that I'm a tone deaf <laughs> band leader. <Okay. laughs> Slash DJ on the side. Yeah. So I'm just, uh, I'm a a bride on her wedding day and we're chatting about hiring you for your band. You're a rather blushing bride. (laughs) Okay. Um, (laughs) How much will you work with us and our coordinator on creating a smooth and flowing event? Okay, there's no way I can answer this from not a coordinator standpoint. Uh, so uh, this um, this question is is potentially aggressive. I realize that, especially having you, having you ask that. But some DJs are um, a little bit more hands-on and some band leaders are a little bit more hands-on when it comes to actually creating the flow of event. Some are a little bit more laid back. Um, some just show up and set up and play whatever it is you want. Neither is better or worse necessarily. I just recommend um, going with a DJ or a band who will give you suggestions based on their experience, but not necessarily overrule you on major decisions. Things like what your first dance song should be or, uh, you know, whether or not you should dance with your mom or your dad or whatever, whatever it is. Um, as a coordinator myself, I always love working with DJs who are open to collaborating with all of the vendors involved to work together to create an amazing event. Um, when somebody like Dan was just talking about with photographers and videographers, when someone shows up with an ego, it makes it a little bit harder for everybody else to do their best because they're working on trying to tame that ego of the other person. So something to look for when uh, talking with. Gosh, you are so it's eloquent. It's like you've done this before. <laughs> first time, Dan, um, first time. <laughs> next question. What <laughs> items are we responsible for providing you? Okay, so you're asking this question because if you are renting tables, chairs, linens, all of that for your wedding, you may need to take into account what your DJ or band might need. um, Some bands require an actual stage riser. Sometimes you need a few chairs on hand, a table for their sound equipment. On a DJ side of things, you almost always need a table. Um, now, if your venue provides all that for you, it might not necessarily be something that you need to make a very strong mental note of. That's something that either you or your venue coordinator or what should be your planner um, make sure and coordinates down the line. But for budgeting reasons, you want to take into account if you're having a DJ, you need a table. That table's probably going to need a linen unless the DJ has a way to block their table off. And if you have multiple mm-hmm. setups, that's just more things. So not to say as that's a bad thing, but on average, I guess I should only speak, though, for our area of Pennsylvania because that's where my experience falls. Most DJs do not bring their mm-hmm. own table or chair. You have to provide that for them. So that's something that if if I did not have the knowledge that I do in the industry, <laughs> I would actually assume otherwise. I would assume that the DJ brought it. And I don't know why I would assume that, but hmm. I think I just okay. would have assumed Okay, so speaking that. on additional equipment, if... We need a separate sound system mm-hmm. and a microphone for our ceremony. Is that an option that we can get through you, or how would we do that? 
Right. So if your ceremony and reception are all in one spot, DJs and bands can often provide you and like your officiant, the person making this wedding legal with a microphone and what needs to accompany the microphone, the sound system for the ceremony. Um, If needed, obviously, if you need it, but it's usually for an additional cost. I speak with a lot of clients that say, well, our DJ is going to be there so he could just give us a microphone. Well, yeah, he probably can just give you a microphone, but that requires or she can just give you a microphone but that requires showing up early for your um, earlier than they may have inti- mm-hmm. initially expected. Um, they have to, they can't just set up a microphone and sound system and run away. They have to manage the levels. Um, and then are they playing the music? So there's a little bit more involved with it and therefore there's an additional cost, but it's usually a great option that if you're not sure where you're going to get that microphone from um, so that people can hear you say your really beautiful vows that you're saying to your awesome partner standing across from you. That's a good place to start either your DJ or your band. Um, Yeah. And another thing to think about if you're having your cocktail hour in a separate location that requires a separate Mm. Uh, sound system sometimes they can just run a really long cord to a speaker and that speaker can play into the ceremony or i'm sorry into their cocktail hour but their main setup is still in the reception area um if not excuse me if not that can Mm. be an additional fee as well that if they need to set up another sound system um do you have a wireless microphone for toasts yes i do um so I have a love and hate relationship with wireless microphones, Dan, but nothing kills me more than when you have um, a person who's giving a toast and they can't get anywhere near the person that they're toasting to or they're just in a really awkward spot because the wire is is tethered to something mm-hmm. not so attractive in photos or, or not in an ideal spot. So while a wired microphone is a little bit more reliable in terms of making sure that the you know the device is broadcasting the person's voice to everybody it's a little bit prettier in photos and it's a little bit better for just logistics of things if it's a wireless microphone that the person can talk comfortably walk around the room <laughs> i mean not too much but you know they're not necessarily if, stuck if you are a bridegroom best man maid of honor parent father of the bride mother of the bride mother of the groom father of the groom who are potentially going to give a toast make sure you hold the microphone up to your mouth that's all I'm going to say. Oh, yes. So, pro tip. Yeah. Pretend yeah. you're eating ice cream. <laughs> Just hold it there. It doesn't look funny. Trust me, it doesn't look funny. And whatever you do, don't yes. hold it by your, your chest. <laughs> nobody um, okay, it. next question. Um, how do you handle song requests? Okay. So, as your DJ, um, you are going to have... Um, probably selected a few uh, awesome, I love this song, let's play this song, and a few, <laughs> by all means, do not play this song, whatever you do. So your DJ or your band needs to know if there's any songs that if guests are coming up to them saying, hey, play the chicken dance, or hey, play the <laughs> electric slide, they need to know whether they can or can't play it, and they need to know how to handle that situation if it comes up. Some DJs will be like, yeah, you know what, we'll get to that in a little bit, and some just are really rude about <laughs> that it. That song sucks. So you want to know how they handle that. <laughs> yeah, that song is awful. Um, like what happens when that guest gets a little um, a little more 
lubricated and decides you know, to just keep I, asking I did have the chicken dance played at uh, a wedding this past year and it was hilarious like I haven't seen it in years and they played it and it was hilarious and I'm not saying that everybody should go play the chicken dance but it was just like really threw me for a loop because nobody plays that anymore and they played it and it was so funny right. <laughs> yeah I think I think um, we definitely went through a period where playing the Macarena and Electric Slide was like, okay, everybody's done it. But I'm kind of of the camp where, okay, everybody stop doing it. Time to do it again because it's fun. <laughs> it's a little bit of a, it's a little bit of a throwback to all of our um, yeah. our childhoods, I think. But I'm I'm a I'm a huge. Sucker There's another for good one. This is specifically no for DJs. Um, if a DJ is assigned to us, yeah. and this I guess this probably could go for photo too. We kind of talked about this a little bit earlier. But anyway, um, right. if a DJ is assigned to us, what happens if they leave the company? Yeah, so this is what we alluded to earlier um, in this episode. So if you're talking with a company who has multiple DJs, you know, versus someone who just owns the company but is also the DJ, um, and like Dan said, same goes for photographers. If, if it's like a studio and they have certain photographers that go out, be sure to ask what happens if the DJ you've selected based on their style and experience and, you know, overall portfolio, if they leave the company, how is, how is a replacement handled and are you entitled to any type of refund or cancellation if you aren't happy with the replacement that you're given? What ultimately happens is um, there's a situation where you reserve the company's best DJ. You, you, you've reached out early. You did everything you were supposed to do. You got the best, the best their company has and then that best DJ leaves and now all the other next bests are booked because, you know, months have gone by and other people have booked them, you now have the low man on the totem mm. pole. So how is that um, How is that handled with the company? Um, it, it's not necessarily always a bad thing. It's, it's, it's something that, for me, it would be concerning. Uh, don't freak out. <laughs> but you want to know how, the, how a company handles that in the event of that. Because in your head, you think, okay, well, I get the next best DJ or I get the next best photographer, but then that goofs up everybody else's wedding as well. Like, does everybody bump down mm -hmm. a rank? Nope, that doesn't happen. So That's a good um, question. So, yeah. Here's a question specifically for bands. Um, you know, because live music is uh, is trying. It's it's very tiring. Um, and I know bands, like a lot of bands that I see, especially down in towards Philly, like bands are huge. Um, and they they play hard mm -hmm. and long. So how long is each set that you play and how long is each break? Yes. Yeah, so most bands will play, you know, what Dan said, it's it's a set. Um, very rarely, say you have like a four-hour reception, your band is is not going to play straight through for that four hours. Think of any, you know, live event that you've gone to, it just doesn't happen. So you want to get a feel for how long usually do they play for and then how long are they off um, off the stage. With that, um, once your party gets going, your band is um, likely going to play a set, followed by a break, and so on as the night goes on. So if a band plays like 40, 45 minutes, 50 minutes, um, then it's usually followed by like a 10, 15, sometimes even a 20-minute yeah. break. Um, which yeah, um, leads us to the next question. <laughs> what happens during breaks? Now, before we get into this one, that's the next question. Yeah. Um, I think this is a really great question yeah. to ask because uh, – I have seen bands who were not really wedding bands come in and play and play as if they were playing mm -hmm. a club and they played for 30 minutes and then yes. took a 30 minute break and then another 30 minutes and a 30 minute that's break. Now, if you add that up over four hours, that's two hours of playing and two hours of breaks. 
that's a lot of break time. Um, yes. And there was no no DJ playing right. during that time. And this is what we're going to this is what really what that next question is going to be is what happens during those breaks. Is there music playing or is there not? Mm-hmm. So. Right. Ideally, you always want your guests to stay entertained throughout the evening, um, even when your band isn't playing. Now, any great event has this ebb and flow to, you know, highs and lows. It's why, you know, if you have a DJ, they're going to play a set of really like upbeat dancing music and then they're going to slow it down for a little bit and then they're going to bring it back up. You want that ebb and flow. But um, when your band is not playing, in my opinion, the last thing you want is total and utter silence. Um, Many bands have a sound technician that will play party songs during the breaks or songs from a playlist that you create sometimes. Um, You know, if there's some some genre that maybe your band isn't great at, but you still want part of your wedding, that's a great way to incorporate it in. Um, Or other bands, they just might have one or two musicians play some, Mm -hmm. you know, light music. I love that. I love that. Um, But again, like, yeah, like I said, with, with others, though, there's just no music which can kill the vibe or make your guests think that oh i actually i think the party's over and it's it's time to leave and they'll start packing up because suddenly all the energy in the room just came to a halt which is uh jolting all right are you ready for the last question of the season two yeah i think so hit me i wrote the question (laughs) so i am ready for it actually okay so this question is again for a band can you learn a song for us that isn't in your repertoire? Yeah. So um, if you're talking with a band, you'll often get sort of a, a comprehensive song list from them. And as you're working together, they'll probably um, update that song list just because new songs that come out. And, you know, who knows what the next Justin Timberlake song is going to be. Justin Timberlake is the first thing that popped into my head <laughs> as current. What does that tell you about my knowledge of music right now? O-M-G. Anyway, so um, some bands, if you have a specific song that you want to want them to play, some can, uh, you know, they learn maybe a handful of songs without an additional charge, which is nice. Um, Some add a charge, some learn up to a certain amount of songs without an extra charge. Uh, Others will just say, no, we're not playing that song. So if you have a song that is like particularly special to you, it's maybe a song that your grandfather used to sing to you when you were a kid and maybe he recently passed, but you want it played for your mom at the wedding. That is a very specific (laughs) scenario, if I do say so myself. But find out early if it's something that they can play, and if not, if it's something they can learn for you. Um, Obviously, if the answer is no um, to to both of those questions, you can also just consider playing it from an iPod or like a USB or something along those lines. I actually worked with a client um, last year who they were going back and forth on to whether or as to whether or not they wanted the band to play their first dance song. It was a Beach Boy song, and the groom just loved the song the way it was, um, just the original song of it. And the band was happy to accommodate, but the band was going to sing it in, you know, as as they would sing it. Um, you know, it's the same as like a recorded version versus a live version. It's a little bit different. And the groom was just so set on having it play just the the actual song itself, just from like an iPod or a USB or whatever. And the mother of the bride was actually really concerned that everybody would be like, what is happening? And it, it was going to feel really strange. And why all of a sudden the band wasn't playing and they were, we were now playing from an iPod. And honestly, and it, I stand by it, it most people don't notice it because the bride and groom are having their first dance and all eyes are on them. It's not like this weird like screech where it's like, eh? <laughs> and you know, <laughs> so, I'm bad at sound effects. 
um, <laughs> where like everything just sort of stops and now all of a sudden, you know, everything sounds different. It's, 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 in my opinion, it flows nicely. So if you have something that's special to you, don't let that stop you from playing it from like a USB. Thank you for something. that super great answer. I'm pretty sure that we're going to hire you. Thanks. I should really learn how to play an instrument or at least sing or hum <laughs> or do sound <laughs> or effects. Or any. <laughs> Can I just like oh, beatbox? Try to beatbox right now. Whole... Let's just hear something. <laughs> boom, <laughs> and on that note season head. two is coming to a close <laughs> oh man way to end it on a high note oh <laughs> season two Yes. Thank you all so much. Like we said at the top of the show, we appreciate your support. Um, we cannot wait to bring you um, hopefully another even better episode um, or a better season, I guess I should say, for season three. Um, and send us your send us your thoughts. Send us your feedback. Yeah, Keep those emails Check coming. out that Facebook group if you haven't been on it before. Just go on Facebook, type in Put a Ring on a Podcast, and you'll find our, our Facebook page. Um, Keep in touch and just ask questions uh, and and let us know what you'd love to hear from us for season three. I mean, this is uh, how we know what to talk about is is based on what you guys want to hear as trends change and as questions are coming up and as people are, you know, just starting the planning process or they're like finishing up. What things you struggling with? What do you want to hear about most? What situations are you going through? Let us know. and We'll be happy to chit chat about them. Even in the off season, we will still be here to answer your questions. So just let us know. Yeah. Yeah, we're not dead in the off-season. So check out the putaringonitpodcast.com website for show notes. Don't forget to sign up for the newsletter so that you get all of the questions from today's episode um, mm-hmm. in a nice little PDF. And we are keeping our hotline open um, throughout this this time that we're away. So be sure to send us your story, 267-521-2686. Um, we really want to air it on an upcoming episode. Um, or you could just visit putaringonitpodcast.com slash contact and you can just click the big red button awesome well thanks everybody for listening to today's episode and we cannot wait to get back with some new fresh and exciting episodes we will see you guys soon Woo-hoo. soon bye